Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Tuesday, June 20th. We're coming to you live from Jacksonville, Florida, as opposed to some of the best of SWAT uh, programs that we've been playing during the month of June. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend and SWAT brother, Brad Sykes, who is back from Travel Purgatory. He's back! Travel Purgatory. <laughs> Man, I've um, had a rough, uh, I've had some rough travel uh, trips <laughs> lately. Um, but have. I am glad to be back. You thanks have. for, thanks. You know, I was totally prepared to be here yesterday. And for those who are listening, I, uh, I, I literally called you. And, and here's the other thing: it, it wasn't just that I missed a flight. I didn't miss the flight. Flight got canceled. Right. But I left. I had an Uber pick me up at my son's apartment in the Upper West Side of Manhattan at four o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. so that i could be at laguardia in time for my flight right which fine got the flight there had a connection in charlotte landed in charlotte went to the gate it was one of these things i knew something was not right as i'm heading to the gate there is i need to show you the video of the line how long the line was and so i'm going to the gate and uh, I sit down in the seat. Vicky says to me, she goes online, and she goes, our flight's been canceled. Unbelievable. Which explained the quarter mile So it must have, line been, it must have been to the customer service counter. Exactly. People trying to rebook flights. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. I probably already shared this story from Chicago about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah. S- same deal. Yeah. And it's American Airlines. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of American yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, last two last couple of times I've traveled with. Well, them. I'm glad you did at least find out relatively early, right? That you had to go the next day, and that you were. It sounds <clears> like, and you correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you were able to get to a hotel and. Well, yeah, you know. but do you remember those days? I mean, you've done enough traveling in your oh, yeah. corporate life uh, that when you had a flight get canceled by the airlines. They took care of your meal. They put right. you in a hotel. I mean, I can think of numerous times, right. whether it was in Atlanta or Texas or California where you missed a flight, they they put yeah. you in a hotel. Right. And, uh, you, you you know, hey, you're on your own. Yeah. So, you know, not only I had to rebook the flight, I had to find a hotel, had to get a, you know, well, fortunately the hotel had a shuttle service, but, you know. Yeah. It, it didn't oh, yeah. make for a happy Brad. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> back to the days where they gave you a voucher for a hotel room. And I remember one night getting the voucher for like a Red Roof Inn. Not a knock on Red Roof Inn, but it was a smoking room. And I was there from like midnight to five in the morning. And I, I think I I had, you know, the equivalent of smoking four packs of cigarettes just from the smell <laughs> in the room uh, for five hours. But uh, yeah, I learned after that. If if I knew something was going to be canceled or there was a chance I was stuck, I was on the phone with Marriott or whoever <clears throat> it was making my own arrangements because yeah. uh, you can't rely on them. But anyway, glad you're back. And it sounds like you had a – we didn't mention this before we came on the air, but you sent that text the other day. It sounds like you had a great time in New York and you actually saw something that I is referred to <clears throat> in our study in Acts. Yeah, I did. I um, So I've – you know. 
I don't know if you had you were in, weren't you in New York not too long ago? Uh, yeah, I was. I was in Massachusetts last week. So same same area. But. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, I I spent a lot of time in New York City uh, for work in my early in my career mm-hmm. uh, thirty years ago, and so I just over the last twenty years i have not had to go to new york a whole lot right it's a different very different city than it It was 20 years ago and interestingly enough i I, you know as a conservative as a bible believing born again christian conservative (laughs) new york city is about the worst place Mm. for that type of person but i still enjoy new york city yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and just, we know, and we know, God has people there as well. Oh my but goodness! I, but you're absolutely. right. The, the vast majority of it is is pretty rough. I so. saw enough rainbow flags uh, yeah. to to satisfy me for a while. Yeah. The the uh, anyway. So I, I still remember had had some great conversations with my son Jake, who's there with his wife, he and Meredith, and they don't have any kids. Uh, I took Jake to New York City when he was 18. He's now 28. So. Was, uh, you know, 10 years ago and uh, we had we had such a great time mm-hmm. he's a big architectural buff right. he's a big history buff he he loves the museums and the parks and all that and so you know he he told us after they got married he said uh, uh, i really if i can would love to move to new york for a year maybe two right. before they had children and so worked out That's they could afford doing. it yeah good and for uh, they, they got a great apartment upper west side yeah. if you're familiar with manhattan it's a great area yep and uh so anyway he but what's interesting is all the years that i went to new york and worked in new york i just didn't do a lot of touristy mm-hmm. stuff right. every once in a while but um uh he took me to the met i had never been to the met and uh it was phenomenal yeah. just phenomenal yeah, yeah so i i uh, i sent you a picture you and doug a picture of a pillar a column from the temple of artemis mm-hmm. which we read in acts yeah um, so where, where, kind of where, the, where the riot occurred and they were yelling great as artemis of the right. ephesians for two hours and paul was uh kept away from the theater if you will right, right. by those who were concerned about him but uh yeah interesting i was going to write back to you was there any graffiti about <laughs> paul you know yeah. written on the pillar or anything <clears throat> right. like no. that but uh well they, they always uh, interesting to see those things it really is yeah, and realize how old it is well right. i mean the museum was just incredible and just to see uh i mean i mean original paintings of mm. picasso and and uh, you know <clears throat> you name it i saw it yeah and uh i got some great pictures yeah. of it and uh anyway great well, trip great well, time well with there my is son. something and, and and i'm sorry to interrupt you. No, there is something no. about being in a major city um you know jacksonville's a great city a great area but it's very spread out it doesn't yeah. have the classical downtown area of some of the major cities in the country like New York, like Boston, like Chicago, right. like San Francisco. It doesn't have those downtown areas. And there is something. Yeah, I grew up, I knew Boston like the back of my hand. I went to school there. Right. I loved being in the city. Now, like you said, a lot has changed. You mentioned all the flags you saw. I was there last week and was in the city to meet my brother and my nephew. We went to see Kevin James do oh, stand-up. did you really? And, which, and for those of you, you may, may remember Kevin James as the actor who played Doug Heffernan in King of Queens. And, of mm-hmm. course, he's been in many movies. Um, just as an aside, by the way, if you get a chance <clears> to see him, wonderful stand-up and 100% clean. 
which was so refreshing. And right. not just because right. I don't like hearing all the garbage, but the clean comedy is just so much funnier. It really is. It's so much. It really has so to be. far superior. It is. And, and you have to be, I think you have to be a better comedian Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. And, uh, but I was waiting and I went into downtown Boston on Saturday afternoon around two, three in the afternoon and wasn't meeting my brother. It was a surprise for my brother. Wasn't meeting my brother and my nephew until about five, five thirty. And it was a major pride event day. And uh, this was in, in, um, in Manhattan? In Boston. In Boston, okay. And uh, just an eye-opener <clears throat> to be in a major liberal city on a, on a day like that. And I was Craig and I talked about this a little yesterday. What, what struck me is I, the feeling I had more than anything was an overwhelming sadness, and especially when I saw families with young kids, mm. with the kids wearing the pride T-shirts or the waving the flags, and I and I just thought, you know, it, they're they're being so misled yeah. and 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 yeah. so quote unquote indoctrinated and so far from the truth of a God that desires mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that they turn to Him, yeah, and and know yeah. the truth and know His love for them, yeah. and uh, so it was. But it's also, I think, it's also good for us as believers to be in that environment occasionally. We're not to be of the world, but we're sure in it, and we're not called to 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 come out of it. We're right. called to to work in it and uh, to see to see it for myself and to be reminded mm. of what is going on yeah. firsthand was 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 eye opening. Well, and that's a good point. I mean, I think it's. Um we can certainly isolate ourselves and we should uh, be separate. Uh, we're to be involved. We're to engage in the culture yeah. today. And uh, I was just looking at some pictures on my phone. This was just from the museum, but I mean, uh, n- numerous Van Gogh paintings, originals. I mean, just to, to see these originals that were done so long ago um, and, uh, Renoir and I, I, you know, I'm not a, like a, I, I do love art. I do love paintings and things like that. And it was just, it was really cool. And it, we, we had, I always have some really deep conversations with my son who is so into that and, uh, just about, you know, the culture that they were in and yeah. sin is sin. Right. Uh, we live in a fallen world. Uh, I think what we experience today, we see it at such a massive scale, and it's so often because of social media and twenty-four right. hour news, the communication, and, right? You know, right. And, and but you know, to your point, I, I think when we're when we're in the world, um, do we have compassion on these people? Yeah. You use the word sad. It yeah. is sad, yeah. you know, and especially in certain areas. We went to dinner in the Lower East Side, uh, which uh, this restaurant was great. It was, uh, you know, just excellent. But everything around there was very young. A lot of that's, I think it's near NYU or something. So a lot of students, a lot of, a lot of the rainbow stuff, you know, just, you see just the depravity, mm. um, and the, just the filth, yeah. the, the things that people are wearing. You're yeah. like, wow. Yeah. But and, they're, they're doing what lost people do. Yeah. I was just going to say, it also reminded me of where I'd be without, without Jesus and, and the direction I would go, it, it might not look exactly like that, but it would be the same thing. 
No, absolutely. Lost, lostness, doing my own thing, depravity, right? Um, you know, when in in the in the points of Calvinism, right? Total depravity doesn't mean necessarily that we're always every moment of the day as bad as we possibly could be, but it means we're unable to save ourselves. That's right. Uh, unable to that in our in our nature we're depraved and separated from God. Yeah. And, and it just reminds me of of what God's done for me. Well, and uh, you know, I'm excited to kind of at least today and tomorrow kind of dig into this book you and I are kind of working through. Uh, it's called the Discipleship Gospel, and uh, and you just made the point that if it wasn't for God's common grace, God's common grace on you and I, um, we we would probably be we would even in our lost state we experience common grace from god that keeps us from just complete and total destruction yeah so just the fact that we got to where god opened our ears and softened our hearts to receive the gospel even up to that point our god's common grace brought us there Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a good reminder that uh, as long as you've got breath, uh, God's common grace is on you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and as, it's not too late. It um, isn't too late. And will, as, but we'll there will today. be a time when it is too late. It will and, be. And the yeah. uh, Bible talks about, I, I love the kind of the, the saying, right? We can, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah, much better to do it now. Yeah. Do it, <laughs> but do it before before glory yeah, rather than right. uh, before death that's rather right. than after death that's right well we're going to take our first break here on SWAT radio glad you're with us today give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question on anything we're discussing and we are going to come back and as brad said get into with the book the discipleship gospel also known as the kingdom gospel and we'll be right back after this break This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Joshua 1.9 states... Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. 
Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone Without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free Without you I can never be, never be me without Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Glad you're with us. And Brad, you know, you were talking uh, in the first segment about your trip and about your visits to the museums and your love of art and the serious conversations that you had with Jake around so many things. And I'm going to go the total opposite way here for a second for a lighter moment. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. I think when my brother and I were in high school, Steve Martin was our comedy hero, right? We memorized (laughs) Steve Martin's albums and he's got a line where, you know, and he's a, he's a huge serious art collector, by the way, and knows a lot about art. Yeah. But he has a couple bits on those old albums about, da vinci or as he would put it leonardo Leonardo, and he says not many people know this but the mona lisa was painted in one stroke <laughs> he says da vinci just kind of went <laughs> how's this <laughs> so oh my goodness my well, art joke my art line crediting steve martin for the day so well anyway. if you if you listen i there's some things about you know the 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 country we live in on the break we were just talking about the difference between a Boston, Chicago, you know, San Francisco, whatever. And I've, you know, I grew up in Houston, went to college in Dallas, Fort Worth area. You know, my wife's from Chicago, love Chicago. Yeah. Great. Too cold for me. But, uh, but New York's unique. It I is. mean, in the fact that you've got, I think it's 10 million people on, on an island mm-hmm. that is 12 miles uh, long. Yeah. Uh, by not even a mile yeah. wide, I don't think. Yeah. Well, Manhattan and the surrounding boroughs, right? Exactly. Like 10 million but, people, but, right? Yep. But I think there's over 7 million just on that mm-hmm. island. Right, right. And you feel it. Yep. You know, oh, when yeah. you walk the city, and uh, which, by the way, uh, no, I did not lose any weight while I was there. I should have. We walked four days. So we, we got there on, um, we got there Thursday morning, early flight out, got there Thursday morning, uh, walked 12 miles on Thursday. Uh, walked equal to that on Friday, again on Saturday, again on Sunday. Wow. And then we left yesterday morning. But 45 miles wow. I, I walked in wow. four days. Wow. Which I love it because yeah. I, that's one of right. the things I enjoy well, doing. Well, walking in New York, too, there's so much to see just walking the streets. Yes. It's not the same as walking in other places. Right. It's, right. Just, it's just a different energy and a different feeling and – I don't, I, I've done that many times. I remember being done with meetings early and having several hours to kill before I had to go to the airport and just walking all oh. over the place. You well, know, so. I mean, I, I mentioned going to the Met. You know, the Met is on, um, it's on uh, Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. which is borders Central Park. It's on the east side of the park. So technically it's Central Park East, but it's Fifth Avenue. And, uh, from his apartment he's like on 92nd street so upper west side literally as a crow flies it's you know it's probably i don't know quarter mile at most yeah and uh but i bet we walked a mile and a half to get there just the trails in the park is just incredible right and well uh, of course my most prized possession from all my travels to new york is a picture i took with my cell phone of the seinfeld coffee shop so i did find it and i have a great picture of it but all makes, right, if Doug's listening, he's going to get mad. That makes we're total not, sense. That we're not getting back to. 
<laughs> the discipleship gospel. Well, yesterday, uh, Craig and I were, were talking some, Brad, getting back to this book. It's a book called The Discipleship Gospel by a couple of gentlemen named Bill Hull and Ben Sobels, S-O-B-E-L-S. And uh, I think they use interchangeably in this uh, the discipleship gospel or the kingdom gospel. And we're going to talk a little bit more today about what that phrase, where they get that phrase, the kingdom gospel. And uh, yesterday, Craig and I kind of talked a little bit more, you know, just recapped kind of the introduction you and I did a couple of weeks ago to this book, where the authors, I think if you had to pick a, a theme, right, is that the, the authors are talking about the fact that many of the gospels being preached today, and even in, in Bible-believing church off, churches often, the gospel is missing this discipleship component, this this component of truly following Jesus. And uh, so we kind of talked a little bit about that yesterday and got back up to this part that you and I are going to pick up on today about these uh, incomplete or false gospels. You know, Paul says in Galatians, like we've, we've talked about to the Galatians, if anyone, including him, including even an angel mm-hmm. from heaven, mm-hmm. preaches a gospel other than the one Paul yeah. originally taught them, let him be accursed. And, and I think it's interesting, other used word other, not multiple translations you'll read. It's, uh, but I love the word, and I'm not, I, maybe the New American Standard, I don't have it right in front of me, but it uses the word contrary. Yeah. If anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary yeah, right. to the one I taught, I like that. Yeah. let him be accursed. Yeah. And, he, and he also says, I think it says in that same passage, if he preaches another gospel, which is really no gospel at exactly. all, right? So the exactly. point is clear. Any distortion of the gospel is a, a false gospel. Yeah. And, and just to be clear regarding what we're talking about, and uh, Doug recommended this book, we, you know, uh, you can go to churches, you can go to Bible studies your entire life and, and not be saved. And, you know, I think this is an important point we're going to get to throughout our discussion of this book and Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 8, as we kind of pull this apart, this kingdom gospel uh, that we're going to be talking about and the contrary gospels mm-hmm. that are brought up as well. Right. Because they're all over the place. He he really highlights these, uh, what is it, six of them? Yeah. Um, well, he highlights five contrary gospels, but the the point is, Paul says, "Examine yourself to see if you are of the faith." Hmm. For so many people, especially in the West, they believe because they prayed a prayer, they're saved. Yeah, and this is a dangerous thing because there's nowhere does Jesus say, "Pray a prayer and you're going to be saved." Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think about these, and it, this is a, it's a it's kind of a sobering text. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know. it, it's been, this these couple of chapters in this book have been very convicting for me personally, just from the standpoint of knowing that I've been in some of these camps in the past, and or or, or not necessarily intentionally, but in, right. in, 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 in reaction and in experience, been in some of these camps. And, and you know, we just to, to go through quickly what these, uh, as this little chart we have uh, says, the gospels in competition or gospels <laughs> that are really no gospels at all. And we talked a little about these yesterday, or at least the first couple, the forgiveness only gospel. Uh, and I think this is a huge crux of this book that that 
somehow you you give mental assent or you agree mm-hmm. with certain facts yeah. about Jesus, but following him is optional. And that's the first yeah. one, the forgiveness yeah. only gospel, that yeah. it's all grace, which which it is, <laughs> but there's, you know, we want to explain that and get into that a little more. But this idea that, like you said, you pray a prayer, you believe a set of facts, you're forgiven, and then you go on with life as if nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the gospel, the true gospel, and what we're going to get into clearly talks about a transformed life and a, and a following of Jesus. So that would be the first one. Well, and like you said, I mean, these each one of these competitive gospels, these contrary false gospels, they they are going to create an outcome. Yeah. And in, in the case of this forgiveness gospel, it is following Jesus is an, is yeah. an option. Yeah. And all of these, I think the point is that one specifically, but all of these leave out the discipleship yeah. component, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and we talked about this one yesterday, the, the if for lack of a better way to put it, the book, the authors call it the left wing gospel or the mm-hmm. social action gospel that that the gospel is all about detached if you will social action or 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 help social causes helping the needy which in and by themselves are good things mm-hmm. but they can't be as the author puts it detached and 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 that they alone are not the gospel um and then we got into the third one another popular one in the west right the prosperity gospel i was telling craig yesterday that Kelly wasn't feeling well Sunday morning. I had got home late um, on on Saturday night from my travels, and so we were home on Sunday morning, and we actually put on a couple of minutes of Joel Osteen uh, just to, like we talked about being in New York or being right. in Boston to mm-hmm. see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I put him on because I said, you know, I want to hear what he's saying yeah. so I would know how to yeah. refute this. Yeah. And we only I could only take it for about five minutes. Well, good for you. That was probably about that was about four and a half yeah. minutes more than I could have yeah. taken. Yeah. You know, the, and I know we've spent time discussing the prosperity gospel. Listen, our prosperity comes when we enter glory. And it's going to be a prosperity you and I cannot even fathom. Um, you know what? I, I actually just for and and. I would say most of us struggle in this particular gospel mm-hmm. is the prosperity gospel. I've actually renamed that for me. It's the comfort gospel. Mm, that's good. It's it is even this even yesterday, as I'm sitting in the airport, frustrated, standing in a line for two hours just to figure out whether or not I can get a flight home, uh, then having to schedule you know all these all these you know get a hotel. You know what I was doing, David? Complaining. Mm-hmm grumbling yeah and i was having a good conversation i know you and i've talked about this just our little family text mine's not a little text it's there's 20 of us probably in this text but you know we're just kind of sharing information with my kids and it was really interesting two of my kids i'll read what they said but essentially they said stop dad Mm. yeah (laughs) Right. I don't know if your kids have ever told you that. Oh yeah. Oh, but, or they'll. Oh, my daughter will write something like first world problems." Well, you know, exactly. Like, that. like yeah. it, but this kind of gets to this prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. or what I call a yeah. comfort gospel. That's a good point. Is that, you know, I want to be comfortable. Yeah. Don't get me out of my comfort yeah. zone. Listen, when things go bad, uh, they shouldn't go bad. Well, no. I, it's it's this remind reminding ourselves of the gospel. Yeah. Well, the authors say that what it does is it creates a sense of entitlement exactly. in those who right. are 
who are believing it and following it, the sense that God God owes me, right? Yeah. Some kind of we would God never say me. that. Right. Exactly. We would never say that. Right. But we we go into our days and and whatever it is you're going into with an expectation, right. as opposed to open hands. You know, I go in with my 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 hands mm. clenched with what I want, right? As opposed to opening my hands and saying, God. I don't know what you have in store, but I know you're going to be in. Mm. You're you're the Lord over this situation. Yeah. Help yeah. me to grow. Help me to learn. Help me to be transformed in those uncomfortable situations. Exactly. What if everything was great all the time? We would act like we didn't need them. Amen. So, <laughs> anyway, we're going to take our break at the bottom of the hour for the news. Call us at eight four four seven 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 nine two eight, and we will be right back after the break on SWAT Radio. So you hear about MediShare and you're going to have questions about MediShare. It makes total sense. Like first, is this health insurance? And the answer is no, it's not. It's actually a different way of getting access to great health care. It's literally sharing. So you don't pay a premium each month. Instead, members have a share amount that goes to help other people. And MediShare is a not-for-profit that's been going strong for 30 years. It's not a mega corporation that makes you pay for things you don't believe in, which is one of the many reasons it has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Another question, is MediShare for everybody? No, actually it's not. And that is one of the reasons it works so well to keep the costs down. So if you live a healthy lifestyle, for instance, no tobacco, no illegal drugs or abuse of legal drugs, you're going to be joining people like you, which keeps costs down and you can save a lot. Most families save $500 a month. Call now, find out more, 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE, 844-55-BIBLE. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound before Adams Street. Also, there's a broken down vehicle on the East Beltway, 295 northbound at Butler Boulevard, blocking the right lane. And there's a disabled vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 southbound near the Buckman Bridge and San Jose Boulevard. Showers and thunderstorms tonight, low 74. Wednesday, more clouds, more storms, high 85. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad you're with us. And we are live today uh, from Jacksonville. We're going to be live tomorrow, and then we'll have uh, the remainder of the month of June. We'll have some uh, best of SWAT Radio uh, programs lined up for you. And then Doug and Brad uh, should be back live uh, right around, uh, right after the 4th of July, I think probably is what those dates are. But we'll get those confirmed for you tomorrow. We're looking at a book called The Discipleship Gospel or The Kingdom Gospel. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, some of the contemporary false gospels that are in competition with the kingdom gospel that Jesus taught and preached. And we, we've been looking at those, the forgiveness gospel, the forgiveness only gospel, which doesn't focus on discipleship, the the social action gospel, which again is focusing on social issues and actions and is, is detached from 
discipleship and following Jesus, the prosperity gospel where an individual is taught that, that you know, we can claim our, our rights to all kinds of uh, material blessings, if you will, through the gospel. The cons- we didn't get to these, but the final two are the consumer gospel where we kind of demand our right before God to meet mm-hmm. all my needs as I see them. It, it kind of creates a, uh, an environment of self-indulgence. And then finally, the, the right-wing gospel. He <laughs> talked about the left-wing gospel, but the right-wing gospel, if you will, but it, this idea that I'm right. And yeah. uh, it creates an arrogance in, in, in people. Like, and you and I have talked about this. Sometimes we get into this, and I've been guilty of it too, get into this kind of weird mix of patriotism and faith and, 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 and right-wing <laughs> views. And let's remember the gospel is apolitical. Well, and the other thing, and I want to come back because, well, let me address this right part, uh, the right, the right gospel. Uh, Paul David Tripp has a great book. I, I have used it many, many times. I know Doug's read it. Uh, I, I, you know me in books. Um, it is a, a book called How People Change. And Paul David Tripp and Timothy Lane actually co-wrote that book. Uh, there's a great workbook. There's a great video series. And uh, I initially went through that book as a tool to help me when I was counseling uh, someone or slash uh, quote discipling someone and it really talks a lot about in that book this this aspect of a right gospel in, in other words and we see this in denominations well my denomination has it right you know it's not just a conservative political view right. it's that no the way we do it is right yes. and uh, boy it it absolutely uh, creates an arrogance yes. and full confession. I've been there. Yeah, me too. Uh, and it was going through that book mm. where I realized, in fact, Paul David Tripp calls them the isms. Mm. It's all the isms that we have. Right. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> denominationalism mm-hmm. right. <laughs> that believes, you know, whether you're, you're Southern Baptist, you're Presbyterian, you're Methodist, you're Lutheran, you're evangelical, right. you know, whatever your name is and we 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 have put a lot of those kind of mm-hmm. titles on things right. and i'm not i'm for denomination so it's it's not like i'm not but just i think we there can be a tendency to be a little arrogant when we kind of approach those absolutely topics. yeah i used to say about myself I'd, I'd rather be right i want to be right as opposed to being loving and kind well and the other thing is uh, you know maybe this is just a maturity thing in my own life there were times where I wouldn't even engage you in a conversation. Yeah. Now I, I want to engage you right. not, and I don't want to engage you in a conversation because I think I'm right. Yeah. I want to engage in a conversation because I want to understand how did you get there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, listen, you were talking about Joel Osteen. Wouldn't you love to just sit yeah. down with that guy? Yeah. Hey, how did you get here? Right. Right. And let me be clear when I said being right versus being loving and kind. We want to proclaim the truth. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, we want to be right in that sense that we're getting the scriptures right. Yeah. We're getting the truth out there. Yeah. We're believing the right things. But we want to do it in a way that is winsome, if you will, and attractive to people, not arrogant and off-putting. Exactly. And it brings me back to what we were talking about earlier. I'm thinking of Matthew seven twenty one. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the mm. kingdom of heaven, 
but the one who does what? The will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, we're not talking about a works salvation. He goes on. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty works in your name? Listen, there's a lot of those things going on in the church today. But he clearly states that not not everyone who does those things is going to be in the kingdom. Yeah, maybe the most sobering passage without in, without in a doubt, and and a great segue right into what we're talking about here with this with this book about what the gospel what really is, is and yeah. what and what it's not. And I want and, to touch real quick uh, mm-hmm. because I've connected a line between the prosperity gospel and the consumer gospel. You know, I, I kind of view the prosperity gospel is this and I called it the comfort gospel, but they kind of go hand in hand, is that, you know, the gospel that states, well, you know, I'm going to pray a prayer so that I can get my ticket into heaven, or I'm going to pray a prayer uh, so that I can get that new house or that spouse or the, mm-hmm. you know, just name whatever it is you want. And, uh, and, and they... One of them creates this entitlement. One of them creates this Mm self-indulgence. And this is a struggle, as I was just sharing with you, as I'm grumbling in the airport, as if, you know, maturity really becomes this idea. And sometimes it takes one of your children to say, hey, (laughs) as you said, those are first world problems. Mm -hmm. What if we were to take those issues when, 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 when your car breaks down? When you miss that flight or that flight gets canceled or you get a diagnosis, listen, our human emotion, we're not saying don't be emotional. I think emotions are good, Mm -hmm. but why don't we take those emotions and filter them through the gospel? Right. Right. What is God doing? Right. You know, and we, I think we said this, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You're not going to make yourself. If you're his, he's going to do the making. Correct. And what is he going to do? What is he going to use to do the making? Yep. Wow. Well, the, uh, scary to think. Well, Peter, right, James, Peter, talk about trials. And that they're, it's the trials that are refining our faith. Amen. And, and, and conforming us to the likeness of Christ, like Paul writes in Romans. That's the ultimate goal. That's right. We're never going to be Jesus. Yep. We're not going to be him. Yeah. But we're going to become more like him yeah. as we are sanctified. Yeah. And and he uses these trials, even though, like, what does Hebrews say? No discipline, no trial seems pleasant at the time. Exactly. But but it it creates a great benefit for mm-hmm. those who are trained by them. That's yes. the key, right? Yes. We have to be trained yes. by them. And are we willing to your point to look at it and say, Okay, Lord, what are you doing here? Yeah. And am I willing to be to be trained by it? And yeah. Anyway, uh, we were talking uh, a little bit last time we were together about chapter two of this book, where chapter one kind of is an overview of these competing gospels and that are no gospels at all, and the the lack of uh, discipleship um, being being, uh, promoted in, in these gospels. And so chapter two in this book is really a, starts to talk about, well, what is the gospel and the confusion that is in the church and among many believers today about being able to clearly state the gospel. And and the author 
Ben Sobels, who's a pastor, even talks in the beginning of chapter two about his own struggle to articulate the gospel clearly to a neighbor. Correct. When, when he was presented with this golden <laughs> opportunity, the neighbor said to him, supposedly, uh, uh, you know, you Christians talk about the gospel a lot. What is the gospel? And he yeah. said he just kind of had a brain melt, you know, and froze and, and, and didn't, he said he, you know, eventually was able to talk about it, but it really hit him hard. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about, um, when we went to the Philippines, what great training that was for us Huge. to be able to articulate the gospel in kind of four points and in just a few mm -hmm. minutes. And, and so often in life, we only have a few minutes or that's right. Or, or we have a situation where if we start getting too long winded, we're going to lose our audience. Isn't that the truth? And, well, he says here, and just to read this one point, uh, he says the gospel is supposed to be of first importance. Mm, now right. think about that. Right. That's first Corinthians that, fifteen. Yeah, first right. Corinthians yep. fifteen three. Yep. And, and as Christians, we're meant to be what unashamed of the gospel. Yep. yep. So aren't aren't? But how can it be of first importance? And how can you be unashamed of it when you're not crystal clear on what it is? Yeah. And I and I love what he writes about how and and I you know we see this all the time how there's all kinds of talk about gospel-driven this and exactly. gospel-centered this. Exactly. But there's not a lot of talk about the gospel itself. Well, yeah. what is it? Yeah. And, and that if we're not crystal clear on it, how can we pass it on? How can we communicate? And no wonder, as he says, there's disunity in the church. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can even say the local church, yeah. there's disunity, yeah. not just in the universal church. And we know our enemy has something to do with that, has a lot to do with that, right? Sowing all of this discord, sowing confusion. Yeah. And what do we need to do as believers? Yep. Know the scriptures and put on the armor of God, right? So right. anyway, we're going to take our last break. We'll continue this conversation on what is the gospel and get into these seven essential elements of the gospel that Jesus preached when we come back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network and Ocean Way at 91.7. Back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we are continuing our conversation on a book called The Discipleship Gospel. Doug likes to call it the, the Kingdom Gospel. I think those terms are are interchangeable, but really starting to get into uh, what is the gospel that Jesus taught and that Jesus preached. And we've been talking about competing false gospels that are that are out there today, and, and we're talking now about you know what the gospel really is and kind of prefacing uh, getting into the elements of the gospel that Jesus taught by talking about that scripture tells us in first Corinthians that the gospel is to be of first importance in Romans chapter one, we are to be unashamed of the gospel and talking about that. How can we be these things if we're unclear on what it is? I wanted to read one more passage from Hebrews chapter two, verse one. It says, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Mm-hmm. And this idea that, yeah. you know, we are responsible to know what the gospel is, A, so that we don't drift away from it, like it says here, and B, so that we can effectively uh, communicate it to others. And, and, and finally, from chapter two here in the book, I just wanted to mention, I thought this was really good, that Jesus never separated um, uh, uh, the 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 gospel proper, if you will, and we'll get into this a little more, from the idea that we are he expects us to follow him, right, yeah. to, to be his yeah. disciple. And, um, and these underlying assumptions that the authors have that you can't make Christ-like disciples from a non-discipleship gospel, I thought that was really well put. Well, I like, uh, yeah, he, he says the gospel you preach right. determines the disciples you make. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he says, uh, I think this is Bill Hull, he says, you know, the bottom line is this, we can no longer assume people know what the gospel is, uh, even if they say they are Christians or attend church regularly. If you start asking people the simple question, what is the gospel? Unfortunately, you'll quickly find what what we've seen, which is, People are all over the place with this. And so if it is, to your point, if it if it is of first importance and if it is something we're not to be ashamed of, then we better understand it yeah. clearly. Yep, yep. And, 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 and so in order to help us do that, I think the authors here in this book in Chapter 3, Chapter 3 of the book is titled The Essential Elements of Jesus' Gospel. And uh, – I thought this, you and I were talking during the break, and we've talked before the program about how meaty and how weighty and how helpful we 
found this this chapter to be. And um, in in getting into it, the the kind of the first thing uh, that the authors refer to, uh, they talk about you know looking at Jesus' own words about the gospel in any of the four gospels, but they're they're focusing on a couple of passages in in Mark in the Gospel of Mark yeah. because these passages clearly um, state that this is what Jesus said about. The gospel mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and and the first passage, and I'm going to read it before we get into the discussion about it. But the first one is Mark chapter one, verses fourteen to seventeen. Mark one fourteen to seventeen. It says, uh, and the subheading is as it is in so many of our scriptures, right? Uh, Jesus begins his ministry, verse starting with verse fourteen. Now, after John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe in the gospel passing alongside the sea of Galilee he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen and Jesus said to them follow me and I will make you become fishers of men May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Well, I think there's, you know, and, and Bill and Ben do a great job in this book. And Doug, I was thinking even Doug has done this before, is that, you know, there needs to be clarity on what, what this this term, and I think it's interesting that he that uh, either Bill or Ben mentions his neighbor who is an unbeliever who comes and says to him, hey, by the way, what what is what is the gospel? Right. <laughs> what is that? Right. Well, I mean, the English word gospel finds its origins in the Greek word evangelion, right? which uh, I, Doug has brought this out several times, which literally means good news. It says here, in ancient times, evangelion was used to describe an announcement of victory or celebration heralded through the streets for all to hear. And as such, the ancient idea of gospel or good news is a declaration. Right. In fact, you can see that in Psalm 96, verses 2 through 3. And as he says here, it says this helps us make sense of why insightful New Testament scholars like uh, Scott McKnight speak of the gospel as being a narrative declaration mm-hmm. about Jesus. Right. Um, right. It's a, and it's in Scripture. It is a declaration of the truth. Of who Jesus is. Well, and back to your point there, as you read in Mark, uh, Mark chapter one, verse verse fifteen, Jesus says the time is fulfilled. Right. So he's 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 proclaiming, he's declaring the good news, and the kingdom of God is at hand. That's yeah. that's the good news. Yep. Yep. So it's a it's a declaration. Getting back to your comment about that, of who Jesus is, what he's done, how he fulfills all Scripture. And then finally, and very importantly, how he calls us to respond to him. And uh, and it was interesting. I, I in reading that passage before I read further in the chapter of the book, I was trying to say, okay, can I figure this out? What right. are what are the declarative statements here? And and the authors talk about the gospel being declarative, and also there are elements of it that are imperative. Yeah. The idea that. Jesus is saying, because of this, this truth about me, then do this, right? Yeah. So the declarative, here's who I am, here's 
how I fulfill scripture here. Therefore, do these things, right? Mm-hmm. So the the first aspect there of that declaration in that passage in Mark 1, right? Uh, again, declarative statement versus imperative. Um, and, and, and by the way, the authors are very, very poignant and, and definitive in their in their comments about that you can't detach the imperative responses of the gospel from its declarative statements. These ideas that if Jesus is all these things, then his commands or his imperative statements go hand in hand and are an essential part uh, of the gospel. He did not separate those things. Um, so anyway, the declarative statement there, of course, in that first uh passage in Mark, right? He's saying the kingdom of God is here. Yeah. Right. To your point. That's a declaration. That's a declaration. The kingdom of God is here. And then the imperative statements, and then we're going to get to the other three declarative statements that he makes later Mm -hmm. in Mark. But then the three imperatives are because the kingdom of God is here in the person of Jesus, repent, and believe, right? Repent, believe, and then follow, yeah. right? And that's what's in that passage in verse in verse 15. The kingdom of God is at hand, the declarative. Therefore, the imperative, repent and believe, and then in calling Simon and Andrew, follow me. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. There, there's the three, if you will, uh, declare. there's a, the first declarative statement and then the imperative calls to action that are our responses. Linda, he doesn't, at least I haven't gotten far enough in this. Curious, since we've got just a couple of minutes, well, I'll put the book down and just kind of ask you some questions. I think it's interesting the order in which these go in, mm-hmm. these imperatives. Right. Uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the declarative statement. The imperative statements are repent and believe in the gospel. In other words, repent and then believe what he just said mm-hmm. that the king That's believe right. that the kingdom of god is at hand right that this is jesus yes who is the king <laughs> it, it's not a it's not just a future kingdom it's a kingdom here it's here on That's the right. earth That's right and I, I, th- I just think it's interesting that it the first response the first imperative is to repent yes sounds similar to what john the baptist said absolutely you know right uh right and 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 interestingly as a little tease for tomorrow what we're going to see is so this was this was two years before what we're going to what we're going to get to in mark 8 and in mark 8 is the passage where peter confesses that jesus is the christ Mm, mm. and that up till now jesus kind of lets it go at this but when peter confesses by the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus' teaching with them changes. Because yeah. in that yeah. in that teaching or in that declaration, Jesus responds with the fact that he must suffer and die yeah. and be raised yeah. again. And those are the, the next three declarative exactly. statements that we're going to look at uh, a little bit more tomorrow. But, you know, when you and I were in the Philippines, and we've talked about this a lot, and Doug was so right on this, and I'm so glad we got this teaching um, about we talked about the four points of the gospel, God's original plan, our problem of sin, God's solution in Jesus. And then fourthly, our response to yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and <clears throat> the authors here do a great job with that. It's not and Jesus himself says it right there in that mm-hmm. passage. Repent, believe, and follow. Yeah, and I, I think this is weighty stuff. I mean, we don't want to just skim past right. this first imperative. Well, we have one minute left. This can, first, yeah, let's, let's wrap listen. it all up. Yeah. And close. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, this first imperative, though, David, I think about this a lot. Uh, it doesn't say the kingdom of God is at hand, therefore walk down an aisle. Mm. It says repent. Yeah. In other words, repentance requires a brokenness right. that you recognize you're broken. Yeah. And, and I'm afraid, I'm, I'm concerned that many in the church are not broken right. over their sin. What did Peter say when Jesus called him and, and, and told him to throw the net out? Peter said, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a exactly. sinful man. Gives me chills. Yeah, just Isaiah in chapter six, I, yeah. I, I'm a man of unclean lips. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this more tomorrow. Glad you're with us. Please 